Probably not. I mean, shit. To be honest with you, man, she's a bad thing. Finding the hell. Thick as fuck. Oh my god. That's my baby. Caroline, you divine. Mighty fine. Shorty, really blow the pie. Like a pro. <laughs> fuck you, thought. Holy shit, I'm really lit. It's looking like it's about time to fuck it up. Caroline, listen up. Don't wanna hear about your horoscope or what the future holds. Shut up and shut up and let's get going. Like a Tarantino movie. Don't wanna talk it out. Can we fuck it out? Cause we gon' be up all night. Fuck a decaf. You see, I'm a tall thug. Guess I'm a G-Rap. If you want safe sex, baby, use the knee pad. Freaky with the sticky icky, baby, give me kitty kitty. <clears throat> Killer, West Side, nigga. Aye, aye. Damn. You like hey guys, welcome to Two Broke for Therapy, a podcast where we are not therapists. And we like to put our phone downs once a week to discuss life's biggest problems. And also, Ben, uh, we had a, you're one of your friends on this week. Yeah, we had my boy Ethan Rosenberg, um, fellow member of the tribe, <laughs> the a Googler. Uh, Is that school. the term, a Googler? A Googleite? A Google T? I like a Googleite. Googleite. Really You're all the is, I'm all about the ice. Ice. Yeah, I'm, I'm into it. Uh, he's a Googleite. Um, went to school out in New Orleans from Baltimore. Guys just has a really interesting story. Um, is in like a soul, jazz, hip-hop fusion band? Yep. It's called Citizen 5. We'll put some links in the show notes later. I think that's actually the song we're going to intro the episode with. All right. Well, then they've already heard it. At no, this no, point. no. They hear it after this. Oh, okay. okay. This is the two, two songs. Alright, cool. I pick these songs. People are like, is that Sam? I'm like, no, I just pick whatever I'm listening to that Hell week. yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Ethan was a great guest this week. We've been really blessed in the past two weeks. Just like two really close friends from, I guess, my circle. Bringing them onto the couch with us to chat about viewers or listeners are really thinking about lately. So, What's some of the stuff we talked about this week? Wow. Uh, we talked about how to handle drinking excessively. We- yeah. We talked about what to, what to tell yourself five years... What to tell your past self five years ago. Yeah. If you could go back in time, what advice would you give yourself? That's that, I really, I like really that. enjoyed that question. We talk about um, dealing with stress and friendships. Yeah, we do. Um, we talk about uh, what to do if, if you're in a situation where you're about to leave, but you have a love interest in mind. Yeah, going to college or just like moving in general when you're yeah. in love with somebody. How do you deal with the stress of that? It was a great, yeah, great week. It was some real, it was some real shit for sure. Like, so we, on some real shit this week was prime. Yeah, prime, a top top notch, guys. And I hope you enjoy the episode. And just as a quick goal update, we're not going to do it this week. Uh, next week is the last week of this section of goals so we'll kind of wrap it up and introduce our new goals on next week's podcast uh this has been our 11th episode hell to the fucking yeah yeah now we can uh take it to uh, a new level i'm on a new new level level. (laughs) (laughs) yo get us a wine sponsorship guys i'm i'm gonna let's cheers hey cheers to that if anybody listening to the show knows any winery or anybody who would be just okay with donating us a bottle of wine before we do this it would be uh 
huge promo outlet for us. Yeah, we will sponsor you and any any uh, bottle of wine that you can give us. You know, let's Crap. have a wine club with just me and Ben just drinking wine. You guys like? I mean, people love to hear my audiobook uh, recommendations, which I haven't done in a while. You haven't. Um, Interesting. Next week, dude, you, you got to come do correct a, with a couple. I got a, I got a bunch in the works. So I'll, I'll bring it out. But if anybody has some wine club recommendations, let us know too. Yeah, give us a give us a subscription service. Let's let's do it. My mom was looking at them and she was like, uh, the shipping and handling's too expensive. <laughs> and uh, guys, you can always submit questions at twobrokefortherapy.com as well as follow the podcast at TBFT Podcast. And let's get into this week's episode with Ethan. Let's do it. And this is Ethan's band. This is Ethan Band, Citizen Five. Check Citizen him out. Five, check him out. Plays live in San Francisco three times in the last two weeks. Yep. Links in the show notes, guys. Enjoy. Links in the show notes. Thanks, guys. And uh, Ben, what are we? We are not therapists. Let's do it. pretty sad for a while yeah. hence the name sad boy studios that was uh literally it's on my oh, notebook okay, that i have cool. yeah um yeah we basically just all used to hang out and just have guys nights literally every night mm-hmm. if not um you know miss a night and then everyone would reconvene the next night and it was just kind of a place to express your ideas and also just be open um and you know we would get kind of intoxicated enough or sad enough to just put our phones down mainly because we either had a nobody to talk to or mm. b just stressing out about what's going on on our phone and then just wanted right. to put it down and we started having conversations and you know i i've always done podcasts but never to like this level mm. and i always wanted to do a podcast that i think would help people instead of just like talk about movies or some random bullshit mm-hmm. so yeah that's how this kind of came about is we like to give each other advice we like to help other people and also get other perspectives like we would try to get as many different people as we could into sad boy studios just to talk and figure out stuff and that kind of stemmed sam's music stuff uh that stemmed kind of just all of us being super close to one another and having like a famil up here in familia, familia. um but yeah and then that podcast just kind of stemmed out of that i just kind of took the gun bought a website bought the mic just said, fuck it, let's do it. The first episode, we literally had, like, eight people on. Yeah. And then, just a party, a literal party. And then it's kind of formed itself to the point that you're at now, which is, you know, usually an interview-based, you know, maybe one to two people. Um, And if not, it's just Ben and I. And we have our users submitted questions, so everyone who listens asks us questions, which is kind of where we're at now. But first off, I want to kind of get to know 
Ethan a little bit better. How did how did you meet him exactly, Ben? I met Ethan through Michelle. Yeah. Um, and so I have seen you before. He was yeah. at your birthday. Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I was like, I know your face. Yeah. Like, I'm a good face guy. Yeah. You know? He definitely came to the birthday. Absolutely. Um, rare night. That was awesome. Yeah. Very sick. Uh, but I think me and Ethan first met when you came over to our Hanukkah Christmas party. Is that the first time we met? Maybe. Possibly. My memory's really bad. I usually rely on the guest here to remember when. <laughs> what's, <laughs> yes. what's, what, what's funny is, like, it feels like I've known you for a exactly. long time, though. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's like Jewish roots, man. We, we go Exactly, back. yeah. I mean, who's to say that we're not family somewhere? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's kind of how we met, and then we've just been forming the relationship after that. Yeah, absolutely. And so you are in a band, correct? I am in a band. I've been in I've been in several bands, and uh, I'm pretty stoked about the the one that I'm in now. What, what genre of music? <sighs> so oh, I, I yeah, yeah no, no no that's a that's a good question. Um, I have I have an interesting perspective about genres. Okay. Um, so I don't like classifying our music into a genre because we like to we like to go outside of genres and we like to to. Do dabble in other things. Yeah, I mean, I, I say that our music it, it comes from the soul. It's it's um, it's music that that makes us move. And whether it's you know funk or soul or jazz or blues or reggae or pop or some ska, or, yeah, some ska. Um, yeah, I love it. <laughs> you know, it, it's as long as it's music that comes from the soul and it's music that comes from a, a place of. Um, of love and expression, that's that's what we do. Um, and, I, and I really genuinely feel like genres were created to categorize music. Yeah. Um, as human beings, we like to label things. It's just our, our nature. Yeah. Um, so we classified music into these genres, and that's turned into why we have radio stations and kind of the way that like the major like, music industry works is that we, we have to put things in shelves labeled as certain types of music. Um, so yeah, so I I, I I don't like putting our, our music in a genre, um, but I guess you could call it like jazz, funk, soul, hip hop, reggae. What's your uh, so what instrument do you play? I play guitar. Guitar, yeah. very sick. And well, I'm you, sure you can play everything, right? I I can play oh, I can play a lot. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite instrument to play? Is it guitar? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. I like playing bass, bass too. Bass guy, yeah. Um, because I I find that a lot of my guitar playing also roots itself in in like groove and and, and, and absolutely and like um I I always find myself like aligning with with bass a lot so I enjoy jamming on bass but like my primary instrument's always been guitar. Interesting. How many members are in your band? Our band it ranges anywhere from five people. Okay. On um, to I think on Saturday we had eight people. Oh, so wow. three piece horn section. Oh, so sick. Talk about dope. ska. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it so was, it was funky. what's your band's uh, name? It's called Citizen Five. Okay. Yeah. Citizen Eight on Saturday. Citizen Eight on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, no, 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 it took me me a second. I was like, is there another citizen band? I I pitched you a ward problem there. I was was, was, was trying to think about, like, what is coming up this Saturday? (laughs) Uh, Interesting. And how long have you been doing that? I mean, your major in college was the music industry. Mm -hmm. Uh, How did you find playing in a band compared to studying the business, I guess, side of it? Mm, That's a great question. So, um... I guess I can give just a, a little bit of history. Um, I so I started playing music when I was about four years old, okay. four or five years old. Um, I started playing piano, 
Um, and played classical piano at school for a while. You know, as you're young, like that's what they want you to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, at a certain point, maybe a year after like taking piano lessons, I was like fed up, and I was like, I'm gonna play guitar. Like, yeah. there's something calling me to the guitar. Um, so started started taking guitar lessons when I was five or six, um, and did that all through elementary school, middle school, high school. Um, I did classical guitar uh, in elementary school, uh, and then when I transitioned to uh, to middle school, uh, I took lessons with this guy uh, who's a, a studio guitar player. He used to to live out in LA and, and um, record on a bunch of records. Um, and he really got me into to playing jazz. Interesting. Um, and it's interesting looking back on it now uh, because I I was naive as we all are when we're young, mm-hmm. and I very much enjoyed jazz at, at that point. Um, and I enjoyed learning how to play jazz, but I really wanted to play like rock. Or, yeah, like, I wanted yeah. to learn how like John Mayer played. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. You want to be the cool guy? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Get all the girls. Right. Um, so uh, I learned a lot from him. I almost wish that he was my guitar teacher now, because mm. I feel like I'd be able to get so much more out of it. Interesting. Um, ended up like having a, a kind of falling out with him in, in high school. Um, and around junior year, so I'd been playing for a long time. I, I started a band in high school um, called, it was called the 14th Circuit. Okay. Um, super jammy, like electronic type music. And uh, when I started that band, I, um, I also started a, a record label myself. Oh, wow. Um, and I mean, it was, it was really simple. It was like me just like, I had a, a blog that I put up. Um, and I like had access to a few recording studios, so I would record my band, and then I'd record like a, a number of my friends, and I would just start to like get people a little bit more attention, and, and I really enjoyed the process of like you know seeing a an album or a creative work through from beginning to end. Cool. Um, so at that point, I became extremely interested in the business side of the music industry. Mm. Um, and this is later high school. This is later high school. Yeah. So I actually um, the school that I went to. Which is? Uh, it's called the Park School of Baltimore. Oh, That's where wow. I went to for... I went there from elementary school through uh, high school. Oh, so K wow. through 12. Damn. Dang. And it's a, uh, it's a progressive school uh, that's focused on experiential education. So it's very much about, like, um, uh, learning through doing and learning through experience. Hmm. Um, and one of the things that, that we uh, we were able to do is our senior year, we did senior projects for the last six weeks of school. And most people went off and did, like, an internship, um, went off and, like, worked at, you know, like, I have a friend who worked at, like, a roofing company, I have a friend who worked at a car dealer. Um, <laughs> I was very interested in entrepreneurship. Okay. So I got approved to basically have my, like, last six weeks of, of high school and, like, last six weeks, my senior project be running my own record label. So, Woo-hoo. yeah, so we had, like, a number of gigs that we produced. We produced three or four albums in that period of time. Um, got on, a, you know, we got, like, some, some news coverage. Um, so I, I got really into it there. Um, and I, I've known since I was little that I wanted to be in the music business. Yeah. Um, so I went to school sort of dovetailing very nicely um, to the, I went, I went to the music industry studies program at, uh, at Loyola University in New Orleans. So New Orleans has a very like rich uh, music history and stuff. Is that kind of what drew, <laughs> drew you to that like area? To say the least, yeah. yeah. Um, so around the time that I was starting to play in my band, um, I would actually go out to a bunch of concerts with my dad. Yeah. Uh, and he would take me out to this club in Baltimore called the 8x10. Um, and 
we would actually go see a lot of New Orleans bands oh. uh, because post Katrina, a lot of the bands would go and, and do touring so that they could actually sustain themselves and like yeah. have a living, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I got really, really hooked. I'll never forget the first uh, like like concert I, I really went to that inspired me to to learn a lot more about New Orleans music. Um, and I, I mean, I was, I was hooked after that. And uh, and I'd even written a paper in high school about like the history of jazz and how it relates to New Orleans and, and Congo Square in New Orleans. So there was something that drew me there. Um, and then I went down and visited Loyola, and I met with the head of the, the music industry studies program. Uh, his name's John Snyder, and uh, he was a, a jazz producer from like 70s and, and mm. 80s, um, and has worked with some amazing musicians. He produced Derek Trucks's uh, first album, um, and worked with a, a number of, of different people. I met him, uh, and just kind of like talked and talked about music and talked about life. And this was when I was a junior in high school. I was visiting college. And uh, I remember having such a great conversation with him and having such a great experience in New Orleans. And he said to me after our like interview or conversation or whatever, he goes, well, as far as I'm concerned, you're in. So just whenever you apply, like hit me up and, uh, and I got you. That's amazing. Hit me up. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, um, I feel like it's just always been kind of a natural progression. I know I know this is like a big tangent from your original question. Of no, like, no, no, no. What it, yeah. drew you to... This, you're like, literally telling us everything we need to know about you. <laughs> it's, it's very beneficial. Because I don't, I don't know yeah. you, so this is like a, a great catch-up. Like, I feel like I'm literally listening to a movie. <laughs> or, cool. You know, an audiobook. I feel like that's exactly. what a lot of people like about the podcast, too, is like just hearing other people's stories of how they get to A to B and like their yeah. thought process to get there. Mm. I didn't know much of that too. That's a, that's amazing. <laughs> so you graduated how long ago? I graduated college last year. Last year, twenty fifteen. And now you're in San Francisco doing what? So I um I work at Google. Interesting. Um, in Mountain View. In Mountain View. Wow. Um, the the yeah, city. Exactly. Yeah. Googleplex. Um. So I commute an hour and a half each way to work. Caltrain. Um, no, so Google provides shuttles. Oh, so it's you're not, on the Google bus. You're on a literal I, Google bus. I am on a literal Google. Oh! That's how is how is that? What is it like on a Google bus? It's very quiet. Very quiet. Yeah, I can imagine that. A bunch it's, of it's funny that that's that's like my fir- the first adjective I use to describe the quiet is yeah. quiet. Um, my biggest pet peeve since moving here is that in the morning I'll wake up and uh, and walk to the bus stop. And when I get to the bus stop, it's you know forty or fifty people who all work at the same company, who are all around <laughs> the same age, who all like probably would get along. And nobody says a word to you. Wow. Yeah. You know? That's crazy. And and coming from New Orleans, in New Orleans, if you walk outside your house it's and someone's social. walking by, someone says, hello, how are you? Like, what's going on? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's very quiet. Um, but it's also, uh, I mean, it's, it's very nice. It's like leather seats and Wi-Fi. And, yeah. Um, Anything you need, amenities, stuff like that. For the most part. For the most part. I actually want to touch on that. Like, that's very concurrent through all public transit here. And yeah. that's actually the reason why I started listening to podcasts. Was because nobody was talking on the bus, and I wanted to hear a conversation. Mm. Hold on. Yeah. We're getting the medical team out on this is that the Is that the uh, wasting radiator? Time. It's the bathroom. It's the bathroom. Oh, interesting. Go. Should I repeat that? Yeah, repeat that. Re- oh. Just repeat that last like, couple of times. No, no, you're no, too. You're good. Fucking the game up, Josh. Fucking the game up, Josh. The reason 
I just found that so interesting was the reason I started listening to podcasts was because on Muni, on BART, it's just complete silence, too. It's not right. just the Google bus. Everything about San Francisco culture is very isolationist. Really? So I feel like a lot. Yeah. A lot, people in San Francisco don't walk up and talk to you unless they're homeless. Right. I don't I don't disagree with that. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I didn't live here prior to the redevelopment and the gentrification of the same, city. Same. Um, I do wonder if it was different um, from from that standpoint. I I will say though that I think it was because when my dad my dad moved here sixty eight and was here late sixties early seventies and he said that when he came here his car was showered in flower petals and people were saying love and all that stuff so like he got a greeting when he moved right. here whereas when I moved here people were like. Good luck. Like, yeah. What are you doing here? Yeah. Another one. Another. Where, Another where do you work? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Which tech company are you What in? year did you graduate? Yeah. Who do you work what for? frat were you in? Um, exactly. <laughs> the frat of the Santa Barbarians. Yeah, I, I, I kind of think there's a social aspect to it. I mean, I've never been on a real public transit before until moving up here. And, you know, I, I wear a lot of hats. I wear a lot of different uh, aggressive T-shirts, and people like that recognize that always come up and talk to me. I mean, I, I love this city because I think that there is like some sense of community. Mm. You know, literally yesterday I was just wearing my Bernie hat because today everyone voted for you know the California primaries, and multiple people were literally like, "Yo, you going to the rally today?" Right. And I was like, "I, I wish." Uh, and yeah, it was just. I think they're, you know, I definitely understand. Like, I am a headphones, head down guy in a bus Mm -hmm. and in a train. Like, I don't want to talk to people. But if they talk to me, I'm not going to be a dick about it, obviously. And, I mean, this is not, this is not like a huge knock on San Francisco. I mean, I think that this is far more prevalent if you're on the East Coast. Like, if you go to New York or Boston, if you try to talk to somebody, they're going to look at you like you're crazy. Yeah. Um, I think it, at least people here will, will acknowledge you yeah. or not or something. Yeah. No, no, true. Like, uh, people are mad nice here compared yeah. to New York. Yeah. That's, like, why I live here. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Every time I've gone to New York, it's been kind of aggressive. True. I mean, that's part of the greater of the city. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So do you like um, your job now? Are you happy with what you do? What do you do? You do sales at Google? Yeah. So I, I do sales at Google. Um, so I work with a large number of small uh, and mid-sized businesses, ranging anywhere from like a mom-and-pop taxi company to a tech startup in San Francisco. Okay. So as long as they invest a certain amount of, uh, of money with us, they're eligible to get like support from us. So I work with, uh, with these businesses to help them grow and improve their return on investment on AdWords. Interesting. Yeah. So that's, that's what I do. Um, and you asked if I'm happy with, with my job. Um, I would say overall, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I moved here a year ago and I took this job and this role with the idea of this is very much a job. Yes. Um, I look at work. Uh, I, I classify work in three categories. So there's a job, a career, and a calling. Mm. Um, We've talked about this before. We have I, talked I, about I love this how yeah, I look. Yeah. Down. A job is you go, you punch in, you punch out. You don't really have that much emotional attachment to it. Um, I mean, the, the like most stereotypical example would be like a dishwasher at a restaurant, yeah. right? Yeah. You go, you punch in, you punch out, you do your work, you're good. Yeah. Um, career is the entire extent of what you do, um, meaning you know you can start and then grow and then move into, you know, something else. And, you know, there, there's, uh, continual growth and, and so forth. <laughs> so you're calling. Yeah. So you're calling, which is what you're called to do. Um, yeah. so, you know, for some people that could be woodworking, right? Yeah. Carpentry. For carpentry for, for me, that's music. Um, so I took this role that I'm in right now because it is a fantastic job. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning stage of my career. 
that I believe is going to allow me to move into a full-time role that allows me to really uh, focus on something that is my calling, hmm. uh, which is which is music and, and helping artists. So that's very, like, big picture, right? Mm. Like, you're, it's not so detail-oriented. It's like you are at a spot which you're trying to think will allow you to achieve the big picture goal, which is to be happy in life, obviously. And exactly. And your calling, which is, like... Mad interesting. And I mean, I don't want to get into on some real shit yet, but you actually had a great question that you wanted to ask. And I would love to pose that. The one about. Um, if you could go back in time? No, no, no. The one after that. Mm. It was, oh, man. This was pre wine. Shout out to Shiraz. Shout out to. Uh, Pino. Who do we got? Shout out to Parducci. Parducci. Parducci and Robert Mondavi. Robert Mondavi. We got a Pinot Par- Noir. This, this episode is sponsored by Robert Mondavi and Parducci Wineries. I don't think there's anybody else that want more to sponsor the show than a winery. A winery? Dude, you know, Trader I've Joe's. I've heard some like, Me Undies sponsoring podcasts. Oh, yeah. I've heard of like. Squarespace. I think, I think, I think Squarespace. a winery actually would be a fantastic sponsor for this uh, this show. Yeah. Shout out Parducci. Yeah. Yeah. Come come through. Holler. <laughs> Holler. Uh, no, you had a question actually about um, jobs. You wanted to ask like. Um, mm, that's that's absolutely right. So yeah. if money were not a factor in your life, yes, this is absolutely on some real shit. Um, if money was not an issue for you, and you could drop everything uh, and go do what you love, what would you do? What would you be doing right now instead of what you're doing? Mm. Do you have an idea? I, I have a million ideas about this. Yeah, There's I mean, like just, so many different things I'd want to do if like money was not on the table right now. I would honestly probably try to pursue stand-up and not care. Or I would just write. Just write and try to self-produce my own books until someone else produced me. Or like published me, obviously. Um, movies, too. I'd love to... To just, like, be involved somehow in that industry again and just kind of, like, you know, put my hands in the creative atmosphere. That's what I'm, like, lacking at my job now is I'm not very creative. It's very, like, process-oriented and, like, stuff like that. But I miss being, like, a creative mind. This is kind of, like, what the podcast gives me is I get to sit Mm. down and edit every once a week and, Mm -hmm. you know, figure out how to – do publicity for the podcast, anything like that. And it's giving me like a creative outlet, but I wish it was in a realm of stuff that I truly, truly, mm. truly do love, which I do love podcasting. Yeah. But like, you know, if I could even make a show, like Mike was saying, like a curb your enthusiasm about just youth in San Francisco, it'd be killer. But it, it's so involved and so time consuming that it's impossible to do that with like a full time job. Yeah. So I guess the uh, maybe you answered maybe you answered the follow up question, yeah. but my my follow up question would be what's preventing you from doing it? Money, surviving. Like I'm, I I think I will have plenty of time in my late twenties to figure out exactly what I want to do. I just turned twenty four, and I think where I'm at now and the job that I got is way better than anything I could have hoped for when mm. I first moved up here. And it could lead me to a career, just like how you said. Like sure. I got it originally as like I need to pay the bills, and now mm, a it's job. Like, and yeah. now a job, and now it's kind of turning into a career. Like I could travel doing this coffee thing. I could uh, be involved in this business that could take off at any moment. I mean, it kind of already has. So I, it's too good of an opportunity to pass up. I'm not working mm. at a Starbucks. I'm not some shitty barista just pushing yeah. a button and sure. trying to get the fuck out of there. Like right. I'm very involved. It's a it's a small company that's about to explode, and I'm excited to be a part of it. And it's like that excitement is what keeps me drawn to it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, if it's a career-producing thing, that's so sick. But I think that at some time I will kind of like how I did with this podcast, just say fuck it and pursue something that I actually really want to do. Whether it costs me 
six credit cards in debt and all that stuff. Mm. Shout out to Kevin Smith. Financed his hey. whole movie on credit like three cards. credit cards. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I think for me, if the if money was not uh, an object at all, I've always said like I, I think this is like very true. Like whatever you say, like when I'm going to retire, I'm going to do this, mm. and that's because money is an issue at that point. Sure. So for me, I want to become like the next Tony Robbins. I want to be like a motivational, inspirational affirmational just somebody who promotes that positivity and building more of yourself because there's nothing i love more than being a leader and like showing other people that they're capable of more mm. so the reason why i don't do it right now is because <laughs> like who's going to pay me to come <laughs> speak to them about being successful when i haven't done anything successful mm. myself i don't pay you to be here but that's why i have you here ah, thank you and that's why most people appreciate you on this podcast yeah. i i there's not there's not a bigger compliment in my life than if somebody tells me like Ben you pushed me to go the extra mile. Mm. I love that more than anything. If I'm hard on somebody or if I'm nice on somebody, just making sure that they're becoming the most that they can be, that makes me the happiest person in the world. You love right. being the incubator almost. Yeah. yeah, I love leading the way and I love helping people like feel like they are leading themselves to something. Sure, great. you love giving the leadership confidence to people like exactly. the, the trait yeah that's, exactly. that's beautiful it's true it's yeah. definitely true and then and it's, it's it's very interesting to think about like i my my follow-up question to you was like what's preventing you from yeah. doing that and you your your like root answer was money yeah right your root answer was essentially like i haven't done enough in my career to feel warranted to exactly right um so it's it's really interesting to to think about that when you think about like what is it that I want to do and what is it really right now that's holding me back from that mm-hmm. and then thinking about okay well what do I have to do to acquire the things I need and to move myself in the right direction to do those things exactly and for me personally it's just hard work exactly it's literally putting in time because I know eventually I'm going to get there mm-hmm. but just like having a resume that I'm proud of of yeah. things that I've done that I can look back on and be like look. This exactly. is why I'm wanting to be. That's all. That's like actually my biggest problem in life right now is like hmm. I know what I'm capable of, but I don't have things to prove it with. Hmm. You know, especially being in a big corporate structure, you're, sure. you're trying. You're trying to get noticed. You're trying sure. to show that you know your way around. And especially like applying to Absolutely. applying to jobs. Even it's just like I know what I can do. I just haven't had the experiences that I can write down that show you what it is. Right. And that's why an experience that you had with the. Uh, or the president of Loyola was so yeah. valuable was like he was able to talk to you one-on-one yeah get the scoop about you and he was like yeah you're in yeah and I feel like if people are given more chances like that I, then, I agree with you then like the world will become a better place yeah but unfortunately there's just a lot of people out there that don't even care to look at that you know mm. they, they want to see what you've done before right they'd rather take somebody who's experienced rather than somebody who's talented we've, we've talked we've about talked that. about sure that, yeah. yeah and I've definitely promoted that somebody who has potential and talent to take over anybody who has the experience because I want to see someone grow in front of me. I don't want to see somebody do what they're just supposed to do. Right. I mean, and at, at face value, you can understand that, right? Like you can understand totally. why, why a company would, would value experience over like raw talent. Yep. Um, but I, I feel like sometimes you can, you can meet people in your life, um, as mentors who can see that in you and can understand your potential and can help put you in situations where you're able to, to do those things and able to build on those things. Yep. All you need is a cosign, man. Yeah. That's literally all you it's need the truth. in the world is just a cosign. Just somebody who sees something more in you. Yeah. And it's not just you in your corner. Having other it's people so in your true. corner. Crazy. I, I mean, that's like on some real shit in a nutshell. I don't even think yeah. we need to dive into ours. Like, I don't even... 
I couldn't even think of one after that. Wait, I, I did. I did write one down. You did write one down. Did. Fuck it, say it. That was a great, oh, great yeah. conversation, though, Ethan. Way to stimulate. You're you're killing the <laughs> stimulation game. I'll save it for another time. You'll save it for another time. Is it? No, no. Drop it. I okay. want to hear it. We, the people want to hear. I, it. I want to hear. Give, it give them the um, art. Give them the art. I, I'm just gonna give a, a quick antidote. I mean, just full disclosure here. I saw this as a tagline for a TED talk, and okay. I thought about it independently. But um, I really have been thinking on some real shit that we really shouldn't say where we're from anymore. We should say where we're local to. And I was talking about this at our family dinner the other night at Little OC. It really doesn't make sense anymore for me to say, hey, I'm from Italy. Hey, I'm from Poland. Hey, I'm from this. You know? It it doesn't really make sense in the global world that we're in right now. We don't need these nationalist kind of boundaries. I mm. would much rather say, like, if somebody asks me, like, where are you from? Like, say, say you're in England and somebody's like, where are you from? You would say, oh, I'm from... You say Baltimore, or mm-hmm. maybe you'd say Huntington Beach. Shut up. I think more appropriately, you should say, where are you local to? And then, Ethan, you can say, I'm local to San Francisco. Right. I know all about it. Steven, same. Me, same. Or I'm also local to my hometown of this. I know what's around there. I can give you advice about it. And I think as we progress into like a more globalized and interconnected world, that's a way more appropriate question to ask. And I think that we should start moving to that. Can I give you like a, a sports reference, like how you're... Uh like proposing that so like Kevin Durant right Mm -hmm. huge star he plays in Oklahoma City yeah Mm -hmm. alright if I gave you a map of the United States with no state boundaries you cannot point that out yeah so he plays there and because of like social media and just like how the world is today he could play there the rest of his career and still be as big of a star as he is Mm -hmm. because people are constantly talking about him right Mm -hmm. yeah for the most part and what you identify yourself with now yeah like I'm I'm full blown San Francisco San Franciscan? San Francisco citizen. San Franciscan. San Francisco. I like Ite. I like Ite. I like Ite. I think I like Israelites. Israelites. Yeah, San Franciscites. I I entirely understand where you're coming from. Um, And to a certain extent, I entirely agree with you. Mm -hmm. Because when I was living in New Orleans, I I felt like I was was from New Orleans. You know? And I felt like I lived there, you know? Um, That said, I also feel like while, yes, I live in San Francisco right now, a lot of who I am is from Baltimore, and a yeah. lot of who I am is, is from New Orleans, you know? And, and now a lot of who I am is from San Francisco, yeah. having been here for a year. Um, so it's, you know, is it the question of how we answer the where question, are you from yeah. or how we ask the question? Both. Both. I feel like you should be able to ask where's your family from. And that, that would be where it's from. But mm. if you're like, where do you identify yourself with? Where are you mm. local to? I feel like it should be separated into two now. Especially because it's just like everybody's so intermingled at this point. It's, yeah. just, it's so hard to be able to say that. Mm-hmm. I agree. On some real on, shit. On some real shit. And on some real shit for me, if I, if I could just throw it down. Throw, throw it down, do. Steve. I don't know why I get so uncomfortable in my friendships thinking that people are upset with me. And it's becoming a kind of a crutch on my relationships. Um, you know, I don't think anyone's mad at me or anyone's um, upset. It's just like sometimes I just get mad anxiety about uh, my own like insecurities. Like, yo, I just think people are pissed. I don't know why. Like someone could not talk to me for a day and I think that they just don't care about my existence. And it's kind of becoming like um, a social crutch because, you know, it's like uh, no one's mad at me. 
But mm-hmm. yet, sometimes I sit there and I just can only think about, is this person upset? Is this person um, frustrated? Or is this person even like, you know, doesn't even want to be my friend anymore? And it's like literally been like maybe three hours since they texted me. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't really get the social anxiety uh I just don't get why it's, like, so infectious in my brain. I, I think you're like me. Awesome. Um, so I have a very, very strong capacity for empathy and for emotion. And if I sense that someone's feeling something, it makes me feel something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel it really deeply. And it's it's sometimes, like, hard to express. And sometimes it's entirely unfounded. Um, and, like, it's not, it doesn't actually exist. But sometimes your, your, like, thoughts and your emotions, like, make you feel like it exists yeah. because you sense something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, I, I, I entirely feel you. I, I, don't, I don't know how to deal with it either. Yeah, it's just, it's just, like, you know, I don't know where I can find balance, you know? I guess that's kind of my mm. question is more, like, I don't know where – and the question for the podcast, too, like, this is on some real shit, yet my question is how do I feel comfortable? Like, what – how do you find comfort in your friendships, Ben? Like, as someone who is very confident and as someone who is, like, kind of a source of, uh, you know, just kind of, like, a guiding source of confidence, like, in that regard. Like, how do you think that you affect people, I guess, like, positively? How do you f- find comfort? Great question, Steve. I, I have kind of, like, two parts to that. Okay. First is a very, like, selfless approach. I just really feel like if you're feeling something, you should ask about it. But what so, about if people consistently tell me, stop asking about that, you know it's fine? Then, honestly, you just got to listen to them. I know it's hard. It's it's at that point, you got to take that as not a diss to you, but just like an overly positive statement to you. And I know it's not worded as such, but that's what dis- that's what's disguised behind the words. Is like, Steven, I'm so comfortable and confident in our relationship that I don't need to be shy with you about it. Yeah. And being brute honest and being very forward, I think is like the one of the friendship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of the most like affirmative things I can have with people. And that's Mm -hmm. how I kind of look like it. Look at it. I get really like uncomfortable when people are very like passive and dodgy because Mm -hmm. I know exactly Mm -hmm. how to play that game. I don't like to play that game, but I know how. Sure. And it's like, that makes me way more nervous than when somebody's like very straightforward with me. And that's just kind of how I take it. I guess the other part to that is, like, I, too, came from a very, like, empathetic background. Like, the one thing my mom taught me was how to have too big of a heart. And, like, you know, like, when somebody would cry, I would cry, Jewish too. Jewish mothers. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They get the just heart. The Jewish fan. And it's just, you can't help it, you know? And I think the, the turning point for me was honestly taking things as they're said. Mm-hmm. And that goes for a lot in like relationships with significant others, with friends. It's like, if anybody's giving you a reason opposite, then you should be worried. But if they haven't, then there's no need to worry. That's my biggest thing. I mean, I guess everything comes back to trust issues. Like, I'm just afraid mm-hmm. of people like dipping out on me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even with the girl that I'm seeing now, like there was a point in time where I just over anxiety everything and was like, mad upset because I thought that she was fucking around or doing something stupid but Mm -hmm. at the same time like she wasn't at all Mm -hmm. and it was just my insecurity she was like I've given you no reason to think that why do you think that and that was the first time someone has actually like stated it in a fact that like I can think about it resonate on it and understand it 
Mm-hmm. And now it kind of helped me deal with it. Like she is kind of helping me deal with those issues. And, you know, obviously I'm grateful, but it's like, I feel like when people word things a certain way, like it clicks with me. And until mm-hmm. like I find that wording, like I can't really think of it uh, logically. Do you find that there are triggers for you? Uh, I find like distance is a big trigger for me. Distance? I think distance and also, uh, mm. you know, just kind of uninclusion. Like I love being included. Even like an invite, it goes a long way for me. Like, you know, if I'm not included, I just immediately feel kind of like um, out of place or kind of unwanted. Mm. And when it comes to anything like that, it's just like it just is like a poison. Like it goes over my whole mind and then I'm like, fuck, why am I thinking like this? And then I even get like lower on myself because I'm like mm. upset that I'm thinking like that. Mm. Interesting. See, I think something that would be good for you is to just honestly expand your friend group. Because for me, the thing that helped the most was being a part of a larger friend group than I'm used to. And all the time, like I would not be invited to stuff, but it was just like assumed, you know, a lot of things go without said and being assumed. I think it's just more my like closest friends, Mm. you know, it's like, this is a thing that like I'm bringing up mainly because it's affected me in the past. And I'm just like trying to get some clarity on it. And I think that this is a perfect group of people to, to pitch this in front of. But like, I think in the past it's been more of, like, a crutch for me because I just kind of, like, overanalyze everything. Like, I overthink it. There's no reason to overthink it. I'm just not there. Well, Steve, let let me pose this to you. Pose it. What if we make one day a week Steve Day? Well, that's what I kind of like. Podcast day to be Steve Day. Podcast day is pod day. It's podcast day. It's pod day. (laughs) But, like, a day where everybody there is down to have a good time with Papa Steve. You know, because I, I would be there in a heartbeat. That was my that was my whole birthday. That was like all I wanted is just like all the people that I love just to like yeah. hang out with me. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to celebrate me. I just want to hang out. So the thing That's I the, the thing I want to pose to you is like I want you to be the organizer of it though. I want you to own that. That's something that you want for yourself hmm. is that comfortability. Hmm. I don't want you to want that from me from somebody else. If that's something that you're struggling with, I think that where this is all coming from, it would help for you to acknowledge the problem and you take the heed on how to fix it. And honestly, nobody's going to be mad with you saying, Let's hey, would you guys want to come to a bar and have beers with me? You know? I, I literally said so that last week on the podcast. Yeah, so it's like, it's perfect. So as long as you can phrase that in your own mind to take that next step, I think you're going to see beautiful things from it. I will send you a text in a couple of days. I'm, I'm there. Love it. Right. I mean, let's get into the, the user questions. That, that was some yeah. all, that was some real shit. Hey. I love that. That's going to be in bold in the description. Real shit. Real shit. So the first question asked by you guys uh, this week comes from somebody with no name. Do we want to make up a name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No name? No name. Oh, yeah. Um, favorite color? Uh, Orange. Me too. Wow. Would you you as well? Yeah. Oh, all three of us? I thought. That's why when Mike walked in the door, I was like, give me that orange shirt, Cheers. baby. I there love the go. color orange. Yeah. All right, orange, and then favorite style of Italian food. Favorite dish, Italian-wise. You go. Ethan, find, let's find out more about you. Pomodoro. Orange Pomodoro. Damn, that sounds like a fucking beautiful dog. All right. So, <laughs> so the subject is unattractive move. And the message states... Have you guys ever been with a significant and they did something so unexpectedly unattractive it made you rethink the whole situation? I was with my now ex and she once made such a super racist comment about Hispanics and told me she supported Donald Trump, uh, parentheses, SoCal problems. 
So I told her we had to stop dating. Maybe your stories can help me feel justified. Ha ha. <laughs> I will tell. I will tell my story. I was Please. driving with a woman in late high school, and she was taking me to literally lose my virginity. And we were in a Ford Taurus driving down the road on PCH, and she said, "Do you like the song Grills by Nelly?" I said, "Who doesn't?" She then continued to play the song and rap every single line oh of the song, my God. but not in a cute girl voice, doing an impersonation of Nelly. Oh, boy. And I literally stopped her, and I was like, I'm sorry, I can't do this. Can you please take me home? And she said, no. why, why, why? Come on, let's go, let's go. And I said, to be honest, I don't want to lose my virginity in the back of a 1997 Ford Taurus. Ooh. <laughs> but it was really because of the Nelly impersonation, which was spot on. But I don't want to fuck Nelly. Oh, Ooh. you want to see my what? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, mine was so shallow. I was in high school, and I mean, I don't know how, how else to put this, but the the girl wore at this point it was like it was the it was the double Hollister look. Oh yeah, maybe like the double Hollister tank Jeans, top, look. tank top, double, double. Yeah, and honestly, I I, I just couldn't handle it. She didn't say anything. She didn't do anything wrong, but I just could not wrap my head around being around that. And being associated with it? Yeah. And she was such a nice girl. She was amazing. But I ultimately ended the relationship because she wore Hollister. Ooh. Wow. Shouts out to New Orleans. A lot of Hollister out there. A lot of Hollister? I feel like what are you it's not like I go to about? Houston and that's all the people are wearing. I saw you think Houston is like New Orleans? No, Houston sucks, dude. I'm sorry for associating with that beautiful city. <laughs> have you, wait, have you been to New Orleans? No, I want to go okay, more you got to go to New Orleans. I know. I would love it. Trust me. If there's one thing I took from this past weekend is how much I would fucking love that place. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. So what, anything for you, even? Yeah, so I guess a, a couple things come to mind. I'll, I'll just say one of them, though. Um, so I met this, uh, this awesome girl, uh, who's since become a really great friend, um, met at a concert I was playing and we like hit it off really well at the concert and, uh, she, she like tells me we should go meet up, whatever, whatever. Um, so we meet up at a, um, a festival, uh, this was in New Orleans, um, and I, I, I'm going to preface this by saying it wasn't necessarily an unattractive move. Okay. Um, it was just a, a moment where I was like, all right, I think I have to reconsider the relationship. <laughs> what like, what's going on? Um, so we go to the festival, and, like, I'm calling her, and she's like, hey, I'm here. Like, let's meet up. I'm like, all right, cool. So we go, and we meet up with each other, and she's with a, a adorable three-year-old girl. And I ask her, I'm like, oh, is this, like, your, your little cousin? She goes, no, this is my daughter, Ava. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> and, um... I mean, it wasn't, like, an instant, like, oh, my God, this is, like, like yeah. what? Yeah. Um, I, like, played it extremely cool um, and, like, ended up, like, going out with them and, like, feeding ducks at the park, which was really That's fun. That's, like, a classic kid move. It, oh, was, yeah. it was pretty fun. Um, but it was one of those moments where I was like, all right, I don't think this is going to pan out the way necessarily I want it to, so let's, uh, let's, let's just continue to be friends and I can support you and, and so forth. Um, yeah, so not, I mean, not on, yeah, not yeah. quite on par with, uh, Donald Trump. with supporting Donald Trump and making <laughs> racist comments about his family, but, um, a move that made me reconsider the, the situation. Yeah, definitely. I, I, and, and that's, <laughs> if you find that moment, you should really act on it. 
instead of pursuing because you're too afraid to say something. There's plenty of moments where I, I agree. Yeah, there's plenty of moments where I wish I think back on when a relationship ends where I go, I should have known then. And and the other advice that I would give here um, really is a, is just about like values alignment. So mm-hmm. if um, you know if someone says something to you that like really does not align with your like true values. And it sounds like by what you're talking about, it doesn't, um, you know, give it some thought, um, and think about, is that someone that you, you want to be with long-term or even short-term? Yeah. True. Agreed. Well, I hope that helps you, uh, orange Pomodoro. Orange Pomodoro. And, uh, Ethan, ask this next question. Or do you have something to say? No. Go for it, Ethan. Okay. So this is also from an unnamed question. Interesting. Oh boy. Steve, that's on us. Okay. Let's see. Ben, what's your favorite movie? Uh, Inside Man. Inside Man. Okay, that's directed by Spike Lee. So we'll go with Spike. And then what is your favorite type of meat at a taqueria? Uh, at a taqueria? Yeah. Carnitas? Spike Carnitas asks. All right. And I should read the, the whole thing? Yeah, yep. read the whole the thing. The whole thing. All right, cool. I'll go, I'll go down to the, to the bottom of this. Cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the subject says, what's a, parentheses, sad boy spelled B-O-I to do? Oh, yeah. What's a sad boy to do? And their message. So I recently started seeing this girl who I fully believe is perfect for me. We dated for a very brief amount of time a few years ago, but I recently reconnected and have been inseparable since. Cute phone calls, cheesy inside jokes, the whole thing. Oh. The problem is that I'm moving very, very far away from our hometown to go to college next month, and obviously our time together is limited. She is aware of this fact and is equally not too thrilled about it. Um, Do you guys think we should just enjoy the time we have together while it's here, or is that only going to hurt more the longer it continues after I do leave? Have you guys ever been in a similar situation? And if so, what did you do? By the way, I'm a huge slut for TVFT. Love you, motherfuckers. <laughs> Peace out. Dude, there's so many Zs in that motherfucker. Yeah. I, I can't even count the number of Zs. <laughs> Endless. Oh, yeah. You should have a line over the last Z. Go, Ben. Um, I would love to tackle this on first. Um, I've been in this situation three times now. Three, mm. yeah? Three separate times. All very similar. Moving on to the next chapter of my life. Had somebody in the, my previous life that I very much connected with. I've handled it three different ways. Uh, the first one, I was very bad, and I cheated. Mm. Second one, I held on as long as I could when I probably shouldn't have. And the third one is now, and I feel like I'm handling it very well. So you opted to stay in every single one of those. I did. Though. I opted to stay in every one. Hmm. Um, so my answer is a little bit jaded, because I would say... Enjoy it to the full, the full extent of where it can go. No matter no matter what position in life you're in, I feel like that should be your main goal. I feel like no matter what, when you do move on to the next life or next life, sorry, <laughs> the next chapter, <laughs> the next chapter, um, you're going to be hurt no matter what when you leave people that you love. Mm. Um, so for what was it Spike Carnitas? Spike Carnitas. Spike Carnitas. For you in specific. If you are at a similar point of life where we're at, 20s, early 20s, you really need to think of when's going to be the time that you guys reconnect. Yeah. Um, because I would say, well, at end of the day, enjoy what you have while you have it and then move on. 
But if you do see some point where you guys are able to reconnect, then that's an end point. Like you need end points in long distance relationships, no matter what, just some point where you know, you guys are going to come back together. And that's hard to find initially. If you're okay with going through the kind of like unknown with that significant other, then, then go for it. Honestly, I, I fully support going for it because if you feel a strong connection with somebody, it's not worth giving up for somebody that you have no idea about. I would uh, basically say the same thing, Ben. I think that you should make the most out of the time you have. As someone who, to the girl that I actually lost my virginity to, the last like two weeks she was actually in America with me, she didn't want to have intercourse and almost didn't spend almost any time with me. But we were still together because she wanted to make it easier when she left. But I would have given anything for her to actually give me the time that she had left with me. Mm-hmm. So I think that you should pursue... Any time that you could spend with this person, because I guarantee you, no matter what, it will be meaningful. And at the same time, man, yeah, I know it's I know it's hard to like actually leave and think about stuff and dwell on stuff. But at the same time, just like Ben said, if it's meant to be, it's kind of meant to be. And if there's like a point where you do see yourself getting back with that person, you should leave on the best note possible. Which I believe if you're still with that person until you leave and you make an agreement to go your separate ways to at least like leave on a great note to leave that love window open to climb back in. Because you don't want to fuck it up and leave it on a bad note and basically never want to go home because that's kind of what I did. (laughs) Ethan, do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, I think I'll defer to you guys because it sounds like you have more experience with this. Um, But I would say two things. One... Uh, to kind of echo what they said, make the most of the time that you have left um, with your significant other and really think through, is this someone that you um, do want to continue to stay with? Um, but I would also implore you to think about the fact that you are going to college. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that um, college is a time for, for new experiences. College is a transition in your life. Um, so I would just implore you to at least think about that, uh, as you make your decision. Beautiful. Uh, just quick second take on this. Yeah. Um, what I kind of like get from the underlying message of this is like, you really want to stop a hard conversation from happening and that's human nature. Like you don't want to be in a tough spot. Yeah. And if that's your main concern, just know that's going to happen anyways. So yeah. why not enjoy what you have while you have it? Who knows? All right. This Great question. You. This is you. Yeah. All right. Name is Anon. Subject, alcohol. Not Anon from Serial Season 1. <laughs> exactly. Uh, message. What are some different ways you guys control your drinking and handle your alcohol? Ben, just give him the simple answer. I don't. We don't. We don't. <laughs> we we don't. don't. We just drink. Yeah. <laughs> handle your alcohol? I only know how to, the, the proper way to hold it. Let's just say that. I like handles. Um, I I think I know who this was asked by. Um, I'm not going to put him on blast, but I, the, the guy who's asking this is really looking towards if you are thinking you're drinking too much, how do you, how do you manage it? Yeah. Yeah, No, I mean on, on, on a real note, like, um, get, get support if you really feel like it's an issue for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, express that to someone who's close to you as, as difficult as it may be. Um, and ask if they can help you. I mean, most, most people who are close to you, um, you know, if, if you express something like this to them that you need help with something, they'll, they'll, they'll help you with it. Yeah. Or two, become the DD. 
You're everybody's best friend when you're the DD. True. And you're able to enjoy Very the fun. And nobody around you is looking to get you messed up. Everybody there knows that you're there for their own safety. And they're going to love you no matter what because you're saving from Uber fees. You're saving from just being stupid. You'll honestly. get a free dinner. Yeah, you, you'll probably get free dinner. You'll probably get like a free soda too, you know? Um, I, I say as a guy who like recently tried to stop drinking beer for as long as he could and also just being in a household that is stopping the dark arts and you know basically smoking for as long as they can, I think it's important to challenge yourself. Mm-hmm. Like see if you can do it. before. You, obviously, if you really think that you do need help, pursue it. But if you think that it's just a problem, try to deal with it yourself. Challenge yourself. I think self-motivation is almost the best way to try to attempt a first shot without taking drastic action uh, at doing something about it for yourself. Yeah. And I'm also a huge proponent of taking systemic breaks from stuff, like very hard stops. And that's not like permanent, but just like literally cutting out of your diet and your system and your routine and seeing how far you go and what you need when you get to a point where you're starting to think about other things. Yeah. Once you get past the point of, oh my God, I need this. And you're like, Wait, maybe I've incorporated it like this? That's a beautiful place to be at. I completely mm-hmm. agree. All right. I'm going to ask this last one. Let's do it. Cool. Okay. This is going to be a, let's do this as a quick hitter. This is asked by Hitch, the uh, Will Smith movie. I think that's a reference to. Shouts out to Kevin James, the <laughs> king note. of Queens. What? Ill Smith. Ill Smith? Ill Smith. Ill Smith. Mm-hmm. All right. Think about that one. I'm more of a Willow kind of guy. Willow Smith? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Shouts out to Jaden. Uh... The subject reads creative dates, and the message is, do you believe creative and interesting dates are more meaningful, or do you think that it's more about the connection and dinner in a movie is just as useful? Mm. I personally think uh, that the more creative a date, the more memorable it might be, but I think that an established connection between two people just on a comfortable level is the most important part of a first date. Mm -hmm. If you put all this effort and stress into planning like a really elaborate thing that just fucking blows as the first couple of dates... You know, you're going you're gonna to ruin the night for yourself if it doesn't go a certain way or an expectation that you have. So I say plan for something that might be uh, actually super real. Like even a, going for a coffee or just grabbing a beer or anything like that, place it there. And then if you really think that there's a, a connection, then maybe try to go for it and uh, find something to do that's on a mutual level that you both enjoy. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a big proponent of having thoughtful dates. I don't oh, think yeah. it needs to be extravagant. Like I don't think that needs to be something out of this world. It just needs to be something that really speaks to your your significant other's taste. You know, some people really love going to have a, like, going to go see a movie. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. if you go and take them to see their favorite movie, that's way more impactful than spending a day at the park, which would be a really creative and cool or like, you know? Yeah, so sure. it's like, honestly, a lot of these questions boil down to like, what does, think about yourself in your significant other's shoes and what they would like. And then, Cater to that. On the flip of that, real quick, I like to take my first date out for something that I enjoy. And, and like introduce fine. them to stuff sure. I like. You yeah. know what I mean? Like be like, hey, this is how I kind of spend my time. Totally. I think I think the question though is phrased, um Oh no, you're right. Is like what's more useful? Yeah. So I think it depends on the date. Uh for a number of reasons. I think it depends on which date it is. So is it your first date? Is it your fifth date? Is it your 75th date. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I, I was actually having an interesting, I had an interesting moment related to this recently where um, I realized, cause I've been in, in my relationship uh, for the last like 10 months or so. Oh wow. And I've, um, I've realized that like 
everything becomes date night and nothing becomes date night at the same time. Uh, interesting. So last week I kind of had that thought and I was like, wait a second, I need to, I need to be like definitively, Hey, we need to have a date night. Awesome. You know? And, um, you know, I, I think I like both simple dates. Like let's go out and see a movie. Let's go get yeah. dinner and, and hang out. And then I also like super elaborate dates. Like let me surprise you with a really cool place somewhere that you've never been before. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it depends on, you know, your, your creativity, where you feel, feel most comfortable, where you feel your date will like it the most and what keeps it interesting. Yeah. I just don't want to build like a, a, like, yo, this dude is like fucking Gatsby and just likes to do extravagant shit. Well, yeah. I mean, don't, don't take someone out for like super extravagant shit the first four times that you go out. If I want to take this girl to see Cirque du Soleil on our first date, I'm going to take her. Do it. I mean, absolutely. But don't take her to Cirque du Soleil and then take her to see Paul McCartney and then take her to see like, yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? (laughs) That'd be a great time though. Yeah. If anyone wants to take me to do that, let's do it. I'll, I'll, I'll buy you a bottle of wine. All right. <laughs> All right. Sounds great. Uh, go for it, Ethan. And then finally, um, this is this is a question that I, I wanted to pose um, that I, I like asking groups of people, especially people that I, I don't don't know that much yeah. about. Um, if you could go back five years in your life and uh, and tell yourself something, what advice would you give? What would you give yourself five years ago? Mm. Patience. 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 Mm. How old would you have been five years ago? I would have been 18. 18? I would have been just graduating high school. Mm-hmm. Oh, if I was, when I was just graduating high school, oh my God, hold yeah, on. Yeah, think about that. That totally changes everything because that was the most lost I've ever been. Yeah. That was literally like the point in my Probably life. Probably for all of us. Yeah, I, I was just, I, I, I mean, I literally cannot describe that feeling of just like not knowing what's in front of me, you know, like that summer before you go to college and like you're gearing up and everything's leaving and everything's changing. And like, you're about to go embark on this next chapter and like literally just not knowing. I think I would tell myself, stay true to who you are. Okay. Put your best foot forward and know that you are going to test your boundaries Hmm. and be okay with it. You know, I, I just, I had no idea what was in front of me, but I knew I wanted to go full force ahead, but I didn't know if I'd go too far. So I, I would just tell myself like, you are going to test yourself and you are going to push yourself to the envelope, but just know that you're going to get out of it. Okay. I guess if I had to go back until I 18, 19 years old, uh, five years ago, I'd probably just say like, you know, if I hopped in the DeLorean, punched it to 88, (laughs) I would probably tell myself like you have yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, don't worry about what happens in life going forward. Like, you are confused. You're going to find yourself along this path. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's something that I, I kind of overthink is, like, you have yourself, but you need to have somebody else there. Mm-hmm. And in the long run, stuff I try to tell myself now is, like, you know, you're you. Like, you're not – you shouldn't have to change harshly mm-hmm. to make others like you. Like, you know, obviously alter yourself and make yourself better in the eyes of others if you want to fit in but like if you really want to like be comfortable you need to be comfortable with yourself and be confident with yourself and that's something that I still struggle with all the time can I actually change mine? yeah sure I would totally change mine to you're going to hurt people that you love yeah Ooh. that that would be the first thing I tell myself because I had such a big heart leaving and like I had such an attachment to my family 
my mom especially, just, like, just telling myself, like, this is going to happen and it's okay. That's a part of, like, becoming an independent person. You're not a child anymore. Right. Like, that whole process of becoming yeah. an adult, like, you are going to hurt people along the way because you're changing your status and your identity to other people. And that's a very painful and hurtful process. Yeah. Mm. But just know that love supersedes that, ultimately. Yeah. I struggled so many nights with just, like, how much I had hurt people. Like, I, I will constantly think back to moments where I've embarrassed myself or hurt other people. Those are things that always come back to me. And, like, especially when I was 18, I was just an idiot. <laughs> I was an idiot. And I just want to tell myself when I was 18, like, that's part of it. Sure. Yeah. What would you tell I'm, yourself? I would definitely go back in time and be like, yo, Steven, you're an idiot. <laughs> but go on. Wouldn't we all, though? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that's something everybody would do. If I could go and, like, post, like, a Facebook comment on myself and, like, mm-hmm. me see it when I'm 19, it would definitely be like, yo, you're, you're, you're a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Sounds great. Ethan, what would you tell yourself five years ago? I like what you said about patience. I think yeah. patience is uh, a, certainly a virtue. Um, I mean, and I, I think kind of off of that, I would, I would say to take life one day at a time mm-hmm. and, you know, to, to be fully comfortable being who you are, um, and be fully comfortable with learning and with growing, mm-hmm. uh, and with understanding that you're not perfect mm-hmm. and understanding that nobody is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I mean, that's, it's a lot, but that's probably what I would, what I would tell myself. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I'd also tell myself like, Steve, you're a great guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, 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 give, give, give yourself a pat on the back. Like, you know, life's life. Like you're going to make it through. Hopefully nothing bad happens to you, you know? Exactly. Like as long as you have your health and shit, I think you're pretty chill. You're pretty well off. Yeah. I also think enjoy the ride. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. I'll quote, I'll quote Anthony Bourdain in this, like, your body is a roller coaster. Do as much and have as much fun as you can while you have it. Love that. Yeah. Shouts out to my Bourdain boys. And on that note, let's get into recommendations. Uh, what got you guys through the week this week? Uh, what was something that helped get you from last episode to this episode or even kind of, you know, through a day even? What's a, what's a, a keynote to the last week of your life? For me this week was actually getting sleep. Oh, man, I wish I could be on your level. Yeah, this weekend, I took full advantage. I slept two nights, 12 hours, and I started this week as a whole new man. So I think... I'm a big proponent of, like, building habits. So, like, if you have the chance to, like, keep waking up early and that's a mm-hmm. habit you want to promote, like, keep doing that. But for me, especially, I've just been traveling so much, pushing myself so hard that, like, I took two days and I did not care when I woke up. I just... <sighs> Woke up when I could and just soaked in it. You have me salivating over here. <laughs> so nice. Well, I'm sorry, but that was... I haven't had that in uh, yeah, multiple months. I feel you on yeah. that. I know you have it. Yeah, you deserve so. it. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I wish I had that. Uh, something that got me through my week. Uh, I had a good friend come into town. It was great to spend time with somebody that uh, I know and I know cares about me. So that was a lot of fun. And other than that, to be honest... It's all about the NBA Finals. Yeah, I'm yeah, loving it, Good dude. point. True like, that. I'm literally wearing a Steph Curry. Go Curry. Yeah, it's like so fun to be in this city while we're winning. You know, yeah. like people love it. Like yeah. there's no hate. It's all love. Even like people wearing LeBron jerseys, it's just like a pat on the back. Like, sorry, mm. but you do suck. As Draymond <laughs> says, they suck. We beat them. They suck. We won. 
when he was drunk as fuck after last week's finals. <laughs> oh, the Sieg. Hey there. Go for it. Um, what got me through the last week, um, I would have to say my friends, yeah. to mm. be honest. I've, um, I've had a lot of conversations with friends that I haven't talked to in a, in a while. Um, I just decided that this was going to be my week where I would like reach out to people and just kind of say hey and see what everybody's up to and see how life's going. So I've talked to people from high school, from college, from beyond, and um, it's always nice catching up. I, I love if I have something on my mind, like my friends are always willing to like take the time and, and sit down and like help me through something or help me come up with advice or, or just like listen to me vent. <laughs> um, so I've been, I've been super grateful for my friends for the past week. Also, I just want to say I found, uh, I love it too. I love friends. I love, I love friends. friends like, uh, you know, if there's one thing that always gets me through the week, it's my friends. Mm. But also I found <sighs> the college dropout on vinyl and I've been listening Ooh, to that whoa. over and over okay. and over and over again. And it's been a great time. Like, I love that album. If there's, if you've never really listened to Kanye's first album all the way through, really do yourself a favor and, and play, spin that back. And I mean, I, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. It's just, he's, it's so good. It's like all of that is his effort almost. Like his, it's all hard work. It's all hard work and it, and it paid off. Yeah. I would also, on a music note, say shout out to Spotify Discover Weekly. Oh wow, you like because that? I I absolutely love Spotify Discover Weekly, and I mean I'm I'm like obviously I'm I'm pretty big into music, yeah. um and like finding new music for me is is like such a joy, mm-hmm. and I found that Spotify Discover, frankly, picks some of the best music that I haven't heard before, and uh, also very grateful for Spotify Discover Weekly. So thank you. Being from Baltimore, do you like Future Islands? I do like Future Island. I love Future Island. Beach House is also cool. They're from Baltimore. Baltimore's Um, got a decent music scene. Yaysayer is from Baltimore. Oh, really? Uh, I didn't know that. Yaysayer went to the same school that I did. Oh, sick. And uh, and Animal Collective also went to the same school that I did. I saw them at Coachella a couple years ago. Yeah. Great. Did we talk about that question about celebrities? No, we never did. Let's. I mean, if you want to recommend... One one last question. One last question. Let's do it. Yeezy asks... What is the best celebrity story you have? I would love to find out about that stuff from you guys. So you, you start. Okay. All right. Fine. Um, so we were talking about this a bit earlier. Um, do, do you guys know who John Batiste is? John. Yes. You do. Yeah. So John Batiste currently is, um, is the band leader on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Oh, okay. And um, he's from New Orleans. I played a lot of music with his family. Um, his cousin is like a, a really, really close friend of mine. And um, last year, so he he got this gig with Stephen Colbert uh, maybe last July or so. Um, in May of last year, or maybe April of last year, I was in a meeting with him. I can't really discuss like what what the meeting specifically was about. Um, but we were talking, and um, he had been on Stephen Colbert's previous show, and. Um, we were just talking about sort of where his career is going, what his direction is. And I remember talking to him and saying, hey, I know that Stephen Colbert is starting a new show. I know that you did really well on his old show. Perhaps you might want to reach out to his people and just see what they're thinking in terms of band leader. And that was all I said. And 
I'm a firm believer that if you put things out into the universe, they happen. I, maybe not everything, but some things, Most. that certainly is the case. Um, and now, you know, a year later, he has been the band leader for The Late Show. Yep. Yeah. And absolutely killing it. And I saw him at, at Jazz Fest this year. Um, I was, like, out at 3 o'clock in the morning on Frenchman Street in New Orleans. And, uh, like, bumped into him. He was wearing his, like, typical, like, yellow suit. Uh-huh. And, uh... Just, like, gave him a giant hug, and I was like, man, I cannot believe... Where you're at. Yeah, like, where you're at and, like, what's been going on in the last year. Like, it's pretty crazy. That's an amazing story. Do you have, do you have one? Yeah, I, I, have, I have a few. Yeah. Go. Uh, I'll, I'll just pick one, though. Um, this one was, like, really near and dear to my heart because... Super side note, like, with the whole ACE program board that I did, I got yeah. one of my buddies really involved, ZB. Uh, Shouts out to ZB. And he became our concerts coordinator. And his going out show, we had E40, Bay Area Legend. Oh, come. yeah. Sold out. Bay Area God. In an hour and a half. And selling out at UCSB, it was like unheard of. But anyways, <laughs> he uh, he came through and it was just such a fond moment. Like me, like E40 is just like, it's Uncle Earl, man. Like he's just yeah. such a homie. And I got to take a picture of ZB and E40 with the bottle of Slurricane. Oh. <laughs> and that Do you know the flavor? Uh, it was the pink one. Oh, yeah. And that made me really happy. And then afterwards, I was in charge of taking E40 back to the hotel uh, in my car. So I drive up and park behind our venue. Oh, yeah. And a few hours later, E40 gets in the car, and I try and start the car, and it's dead. E40's in my car with his bodyguard. Side note, he has a bodyguard. Is he bigger than E40? No, he's smaller, but he's a homie. But he's like, he doesn't fuck around. Yeah. So immediately he starts checking my car for bombs. Oh, shit. Thinking, like, this is a setup. Like, thinking, like, oh, shit, what he's going to fuck with you. And I was like, dude, like, I'm so sorry. Like, my car. So I called one of my friends. I was like, I need your car right now. Like, I need it. So they come pull up in the Beamer. And I was like, Uncle Earl, man, I'm sorry. He's asleep in the back. <laughs> Doesn't even know what the hell's going it's on. It's amazing. Slurry camp. And I put him in the Beamer. We drive down to the hotel. We get there. He's like, hey, young man, keep doing what you're doing. Don't ever stop. <laughs> And then he goes to the hotel, and I was like, that was a fucking amazing night. Is that the best advice you've ever gotten? <laughs> yes. Straight yes. up. Yes, it is. Yeah, I, my craziest person I've ever met, I was with Clifford Parks, Splifford Parks, as he's known on this podcast, and his sister Nikki, shouts out to Nikki, I, I, I love you, and we were at Coachella, and we were walking around, and a little man hops out of a van, and we look over, and we're like, yo, who's that little man? He's with a straight up 12 out of 10. And Nikki was like, that's Paul McCartney. And I was like, there's no way. There's no fucking way. I was like, he's too small. I kept claiming, I was like, he's too small. And he walks across this little dirt road, you know, looking like a little hobbit. And sure enough, it was him. Wow. And Nikki runs up, shakes his hand, and is like, oh my gosh, you're such like a legend, blah, blah, blah. And I'm literally just standing there shaking. And she's like, she's like, can we get a picture? And then the like hot woman that he was with was like, no, no, no. Like, we don't want people to know that we were here. And I was like, okay, chill. And he was going to see Interpol. And I was like, you know, all right. And when she was like, no, no photos, no, 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 no. And I was like, all right, all right, all right. It's cool. And she was, and he just looks at me and goes, thank you. And I literally was like, yeah, uh? <laughs> and they like walked away like, you know, maybe a minute later after Nikki awkwardly like let go of his hand. And I like literally like turned around and was just like. I just, I was shaking. I had, like, Beatles mania. It was, like, oh, one of the craziest things. As someone who, like, wow. listened to all their music growing up, it was, like, crazy just to be, like, five feet away from him. And yeah. to know that he's, like, literally five feet tall. 
And also, I met Waka Flocka Flame. That was a big moment for me. I was uh, not in the right state of mind, let's say that. Nice. And <laughs> Little B, that was, he was the nicest guy I think I've ever met. Like, out of everybody I've ever met, Little B was probably the nicest guy. The base god. Base god. He was nice. just like, come here, brother. He even commented on every single time I posted that photo, he comments on the photo. Wow. So that's, that's, a, that's a big thing for me. I love that, too. Uh, and, I mean, let's plug it up, guys. Let's let's, let's finish plug it up. Let's, right, let's, let's, let's do it. Let's, let's do it. it. Let's kill it. Uh, yes, first. Of course. You can follow me at Stephen Baker 8 S-E-P-H-E-N, Baker is in the profession, and 8 as in the number. You can always follow the podcast at TBFT Podcast on Twitter, and you can always submit questions and feedback at TooBrokeForTherapy.com under the Ask a Question tab. And like I said, thank you guys again for listening. It's been so cool, and we love questions. You guys have been killing it recently, so keep it up. And Ben, where can people find your stream of consciousness this week? Uh, check me out on Twitter. Been a little bit more active lately. Yeah. Uh, at Benjamin Simons, B-E-N-J-A-M-I-N-S-I-M-O-N-S. And uh, follow me on Insta, uh, Benessy underscore, B-E-N-N-E-S-S-Y underscore. You got it. Got it. Ethan, what about you? So you can find all of my uh, ramblings and, and pictures and so forth on most of your social networks at, at ethrose, E-T-H-R-O-S-E. Mm. Uh, you can find my website, E-T-H-R-O-S-E dot com. Uh, and if you want to hear my band, which I would encourage you to do, yeah, uh, our website is citizen510.com, C-I-T-I-Z-E-N 510.com. I think I'm going to put one of your songs at the beginning of the podcast this week. That would be dope. So people uh, will get to get a little taste. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cool. Follow up. Check it out. All right. I'm excited to hear it. And Ben. Um, Steve, we are not therapists. Thank you for letting me know. No. Sometimes I forget. I you know. know. It's important. And Ethan, thank you so much for coming on, dude. It was Seriously, cool. thank you for having me. This was a blast. No problem. I'm glad. Thanks for bringing the wine. That's, You're that's the biggest sponsor by wine. We're gonna get a wine sponsor. We're gonna get a wine, wine sponsor. sponsor. Here's my words. Sonoma, listen. Napa, <laughs> listen. Stand up. We'll even take wine from Mendocino. Mendocino. We'll take it all. I'm gonna get in charge. I'm gonna get in contact with Chuck. Get in contact with Chuck. Call call Charles and ask him. Uh, Mr. Schwab, I have a podcast. Can I have it at 150 a bottle? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Hey guys, this is Steven. Me and Ben totally forgot to plug Sam's mix this week. You can always follow Xanderwave on SoundCloud at SoundCloud backslash Xanderwave, X-A-N-D-E-R-W-A-V, as well as follow him on Twitter at X-A-N-D-E-R-W-A-V. That's Xanderwave. And he's about to drop a 30-minute mix on our heads, so let's listen to it. And we'll see you next week, guys. Bye-bye.
bottles of the ace. Ten joints rolled up, getting baked. Real niggas over here, no fakes. Got some bad boys in my section. Should I take some down right after? Spending money like it don't matter.
What's up, what's up, get your freak on Oh 
She wanna hang with the gang with a nigga name. You guys want me to read you a, uh, a selection from Stephen's High Poetry? Would love to hear this. You guys want to read? Okay, I'll... I'll, I'll man. Let's have a reading, Steve. All right. Uh, the first... Oh, man. I gotta get the rhythm down. Okay. Yeah, this is what happens when I uh, do the dark arts. I will write random stuff. So, shout out to Sean McKenzie. Um, mm. <laughs> the hues of blues in the sky... Oh, wait. Hold on. Let me, re- let me restart <laughs> The hues of blues in the sky the day I met you. I cannot describe those big brown eyes, all the looks and the size. That's what I like the most. What a surprise. It's like a haiku. It's like a white guy haiku. You know what I mean? It's like a white I guy. just found it in my, in my notebook. I was like, damn, that was like only two I weeks like ago. It. Yeah. I like I the, it. I like the, the term hues. Hues. Hues of blues. And it is a haiku? I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do the 575 five thing. No, it's okay. Because I was like, you know, anyway. It's, it's certainly poetry.